afternoon. I hope everyone's doing okay. This is Draped in Gold. I'm, my name is Local Boys, and I'm one of the hosts here. Going through the big sea, the pond between NXT and NXT UK. Talk about matches and superstars and recaps. But you see, I can't do this alone. Because every ship needs a captain. And that's me. But I need a first mate as well. This guy is not only the host of the Anytime Radio Show, but also our sister show, Elite of the Week. Give it up for the man himself, Jack Farmer. If we're making ship references, you're right. I'm not the captain. I'm more like the person who's on the yacht just enjoying life, sunbathing. That's what I do. I don't do any actual work. I just show up and have fun. Soft rock. Baby, come back. <laughs> you can play, man. Yo, oh, so... <laughs> yes, you let me hanging. Um, NXT, NXT UK, back-to-back, -back, uh, pretty much strong shows. Love the fact that we're getting two different flavors of what's going on. They're both are maturing in their own certain way. But I gotta start with NXT UK first. Why? Because of this monster main event, four-way tag team elimination match to pronounce your new number one contenders. Lot to a pack in the match. That's why I want to get right into it. My boys, Smith and Carter, got farther, got pretty far, but they didn't get the furthest here. I was a little disappointed about that, but the result is pretty deadly. Is facing off Gallus, man. Thoughts about the match? There is so much to unpack in this match. There's so much to talk about. First and foremost, I want to say one of my favorite things about it is the fact that every week we come on here and we talk about NXT UK and how great it is and how underappreciated it is. And then we talk about how hard-hitting it is and how rough it is and how brutal it is and how big it is. This match showed us that there's more to NXT UK than just hard chops and big punches and harsh slams. There's speed. There's technical prowess. There's so much going on, and this tag team match was so fun to watch. I don't know about you, but I didn't know which way it was going to go the entire time. It was so well done. Um, but breaking down team by team, I feel like every team deserves a little bit of some shine here, but... I'm going to talk about your boys, Smith and Carter. They're your team. Yeah. You've been with them since day one. They came into this match, in my opinion, as the underdogs a bit. But they, I think, were the stars of the show as far as this match goes. I think that they showed power. They showed speed. They had some of the best moves throughout the night. I mean, that moonsault off the back to the outside was incredible. Um, they were using power. They were doing everything. They came up short. But as I said on Twitter, one way or another, I think those two have a title shot on the horizon coming up shortly. As they should. Dylan Matthews, Johan Peng, everyone's pouring into the chat on Facebook, YouTube, mm -hmm. Twitch, and Twitter. Thank you so much for rolling with them draped in gold every Thursday afternoon or evening, depending on where you are in the world, or Friday morning in Dylan's case. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you're on Twitch, make sure you hit me a follow. The other thing I have here is that of the hunt. The heavy favors going into this match, by my estimation, with the first team eliminated. What went wrong for a uh, primate and wild boar? Uh, <laughs> Those look, are human look, beings, by the way. Yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady. We, uh, <laughs> They are, um, when they came in, you say they were the favorites. Uh, once this match got going, I knew right away they weren't going to win. And it's not a shot against them. It's that because for some reason, Andrews and Webster, they use their political pull backstage to try to get things the way they want. And they got Eddie Dennis taken away from ringside. Without Eddie Dennis there, they were missing a part of their team. They were missing a part of what makes them dangerous. They didn't have that focus anymore. They didn't have the brains behind all of the muscle and strength. And so while they did a great job, I mean, sometimes brute force is all you need. 
I think in something this competitive, you need a strategic mind like Eddie Dennis to help you get the win. And since he never had the opportunity to come to ringside at all this episode, they weren't able to get the win. So a tag team is made of two men, and the fact they couldn't bring a third is unfair, and they should apologize in the case of Matchwork Webster and Mark Andrews? Is that what you're saying? Let's not act like this is the only manager in all of pro wrestling flow. Let's not act like no Roman other Rick team had managers have a guy come out to ringside with them. Let's not act like there hasn't been Michael Hayes coming down to ringside with the Hardy Boys. Let's not act like it's a new thing um, in, in in all of pro wrestling. I think it was unfair. It is it, having a manager at ringside is totally legal. It's totally allowed. And the fact that Andrews and Webster, again, just tried to use some of their political pull to try to tip the scales, I think it was unprofessional. It was unfair. And I'm glad they didn't get the win tonight. Uh, but unfortunately, that means the hunt took an L because of this. And going in the favorites, yes. But having that handicap put on them, they had no chance, and it's not their fault. It's just uh, the way the, the, the field was tipped. The most tragic thing about this is week in and week out, you defend Eddie Dennis, but he doesn't know you're alive. He's like, what? Jack, listen, I'm a bad person. Don't root for me. <laughs> like, I'm trying as hard as I can to be slimy. I'm not rooting for Eddie Dennis. I'm not sure? necessarily saying I'm a fan of Eddie Dennis. I'm not saying so. he needs to know who I am. I call him how I see him, Flobo. I'm an analyst. I look at the facts. I look at the numbers, and I see that Eddie Dennis is the smartest guy in NXT UK, and with him, all things are possible. In fact, <laughs> I, would say, <laughs> I would say I would say with him – you can become the uh, the you can you can become a tag team champion. Without him, it's going to be pretty tricky. Um, speaking of pretty, why are we talking about the hunt? Did you see pretty deadly today, looking like Jared Leto and Charlie Hunnam in that ring? Mm -hmm. These are two guys I identify with. Flobo, just two really good looking fellas getting wins the old fashioned way by out wrestling people. Okay. So Pretty Deadly is now the new number one contenders against Gallus, which is not surprising because they won the match, but it does seem to me now that Gallus boys are becoming, what's the word now? Protagonists? Fan favorites? Uh, with the eventual matchup, Pretty Deadly versus Gallus, who do you got? Listen, Pretty Deadly, uh, they looked really good tonight, and they also wrestled really well. I think we sometimes talk about how good they look and, and we don't give them enough credit for how good of wrestling they are i the never way, talk about how the good they look i the never way mentioned that Joker, first off kicked out of that 450 splash that looked amazing earlier on in the night but we need to give credit to that fireman's carry spin into an airplane spin into a leg submission into a uh figure four i thought that was amazing that was such a cool spot in the night and then the way that they were able to just keep on using that weakness that need to get a clean win uh, and get the get put into this title shot opportunity. You don't get a win like this and lose. I think Pretty Deadly are going to be your NXT UK World Tag Team Champions. Speaking of someone with title implications, we got little news going on today's episode that the legend herself, Sadamora, is going to be signed to NXT UK of all the brands underneath the WWE umbrella, and I'm sure she has her sights set on the current. Women's champion, your girl, Kaylee Ray, Jack Farmer. What does this mean for the brand? And what's this say about the women's division? 
Well, I think when you're Kaylee Ray, you want to face the very best in the world. And right now, that's what she's doing. She's going to go to be the best of the best. So she's importing new challengers. She's saying, listen, I cleaned out this division. Now it's time to go clean out other divisions. I think it's fantastic. I think it's going to prove that Kaylee Ray is the best in the world by beating the best of the best. And at the end of the day, it's what's best for us. Short. So you have her there on the top of the heap going right after the championship first for Mina Sakamura, or would you have her try to reestablish what she's about? I mean, that, that package is pretty much on brand for what she was. I mean, there's not much more to write home about how someone could hit hard for decades in her division. Well, I think that package was great, by the way. I think uh, that was a really good way to set her up for people who don't know who she is. The video game boss, as they called her, I thought was really cool. I say, why not? I mean, she's a legend. We know she's great. We know she can go. I don't know who else we need to see Kaylee Ray face off with in the meantime. I think it's time for Kaylee Ray to do that old school thing where she says, I beat everyone in the UK. Now I'm going to go take your lunch and I'm going to go to other people's places. And I'm going to go beat their champions. That's what real champions do. I can't wait for her to do that. And if I was one of the women in the other divisions, whether it be NXT, SmackDown, or Raw, I would be thanking my stars that Kaylee Ray is challenging someone else and not come into their town to take titles yeah i gotta shout out to the, the chat right now jeremiah is saying we can come for kaylee ray uh be, be careful what you ask for and mm. will five stud muffin says this is also nxt uk he has a bit of an international flavor didn't have that already and look it's a superstar that may be someone that may be the person to help people change channels if they have something else in the wrestling diet they want to give a shot to Right. Yeah. I mean, we say it here every single week. NXT UK is the most woefully overlooked brand in pro wrestling. I think people need to give it a shot and need to give it a watch. So many of us have the 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 network. Why aren't we watching it? You really should. I mean, it's always good. Every week I, I shake my head and say this was such a great show. Yeah, it's a great show from top to bottom. So let's talk about the top of the show. Jordan Devlin, the true cruiserweight champion, comes to the ring and has a bit of a stare down with Trent Seven, which I go, huh? And I guess Trent Seven heard what I was thinking and says, hey, mate, if I cut weight, would you challenge me? Would you accept my challenge to be uh, in a cruiserweight championship matchup? A lot of things I want to talk to you here about what it means to go for the gold. What's next for Trent Seven? Can Trent Seven cut the weight? Is this going to be a, a thing? Jack? I like the presentation of this. I like the fact they're treating it as a real weight class, but I'm not sure this works in this environment. Thoughts? I loved this for a number of reasons. One, anytime the true cruiserweight champion comes out and gets on a microphone, it's a good thing. And that's what Jordan Devlin did today. Um, I think he's such a star. In fact, maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but my prediction Jump. is Jordan Devlin is going to be the person to finally beat Walter. That's right. I'm picking him to be the guy to make it happen. I think he's ready for it. I think he's ready to make that jump. And I think someone like Trent Seven is the perfect warm-up for him to dealing with guys who typically weigh a heavier set than the people in the cruiserweight division. I don't know about you, though, but when Trent Seven was walking down, you're like, he's way too big. But the closer he got to Jordan Devlin, it seemed like the smaller he got. And like he was the same, and it's like perspective. the size of George Devlin. It was this weird, like, <laughs> how does that work? Because he, because Trent Seven seems massive when he's in the ring. Otherwise, yeah. uh, but then he was like the same height as Jordan Devlin when they were in the ring. Yeah, uh, I love Trent Seven. I think everything he does seems important. Uh, he definitely has that. They're different personalities, one hundred percent. But 
in a similar vein to a Randy Orton, everything that Trent Seven does feels important. It feels like it matters. It feels like you need to pay attention to it. And so when he says, I'm going to cut weight, and then when he steps on the title and says, I'm coming to your division and I'm taking your title, it means something. It feels important. And I think this is a great opportunity, like I said, for Jordan Devlin to both get a new challenger that's going to be very tough and put on a great show, but also show that guys who lean on the heavy side, he can hang with. And I think, like I said, Jordan Devlin will eventually become the guy to take the title off of the ring general. And I have never said that before. Never, never. But that, that one, that's a crazy bold take. So if you guys are listening now, clip it out, tag Walter, and make sure you have Jack's address handy in case Walter asks where the hell he lives. Uh, but yeah, only wrestling can do that. Like, I can't go to a club and go to the DJ and be like, bro, once they get some new mixes, bro, we should go after it. Battle style. Like, I'll be escorted out, basically. But Trent <laughs> Seven gets a chance to do this. And I actually want to see this matchup because we all know that Jordan Devlin was bulking up. I think he may be flirting with going north of 205 anyway. Uh, if this was any other sport of combat sport, there'd be a catch-all wait to see if these guys can go. But I'm interested to see how they make this a storyline, uh, a weight class. Story. I can't think the last time this was a thing. Maybe back when the Cruiserweight title was 225 pounds and it was an episode of like Sunday Night Heat when Christian tries to like run up and down the stairs in an hour to make <laughs> weight. But uh, it might be fun well- all along. Well, remember with weight classes, you only have to be underweight when they weigh you. So a lot of times some of those weight classes are people who haven't drank a lot of water for a while or you know, did a lot of cardio or haven't eaten in a little bit to get the weight down. They weigh in and then they put the weight back on. That's probably what Trent Seven's going to do. Yeah. I have a match that I just find really puzzling. So I want your insights on this. So for those of you who are tuning in to Draped and Go for the first time, I guess I was a day one NXT UK fan. It seems kind of weird because the promotion's like three years old. But 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 Jack got into it after I did uh, during the reboot. He's an mm-hmm. expert, but this is kind of a newer fan's perspective. So our next matchup that I want to talk to you about is Josh Morrell <clears> taking <throat> on the new leaguer Christian Shaw Samuels. And Shaw Samuels had his first victory in this match in a very convincing fashion. That spinebuster combination was brutal, and that submission was effective. But here's a question I have for you, Jack. In your opinion, how would you describe Shaw Samuels' character? Who is he? I don't think he needs a character. I don't think he is a character. I think he's a guy that comes ready for a fight. I was very, I'm still confused over what the whole situation was with the name, though. Was that just a legitimate slip up? No, I really think that, uh, Fred is last name, uh, Fred, uh, Fred is name. Uh, that's what he was before. Uh, on the NXT UK, especially Ed Harvey NXT. was the name he, they, right, right, they right, called right. him. Yeah. Right. And then I think this is him just saying, I'm this new person, new character right now. Okay. Well, um, speaking of which, I love, by the way, I, I don't know if you heard it. I love that Nigel gave a little tip of the hat to when he was in another company under a different name and talked about how Kurt Angle knows all about it. If you watched, uh, if you watched TNA, you know what they were talking about. Old Desmond Wolf coming Desmond after, Wolf. uh, coming after Kurt Angle. I thought that was a fun little tip of the hat. It's fun when people yeah. do that. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you necessarily. Need, he, I don't think Samuels is one of these guys where you need to talk about what he's into or how he acts. I think he's one of these guys that's going to come out here and be that gruesome mix of wrestling and power. Fair and, enough. Here's and my question. Then. Here's my question. Then isn't that enough characters? Like, how's that different than Rampage Brown? How's it different than Saxon Huxley? Where can Shaw Samuels find his own niche? Well, I think you find the niche when it comes to success. It's by being harder hitting, bigger and stronger than those other guys. Will he or won't he? That's what he's got to prove. But he stands out because he has a, uh, 
an unfinished uh, attire in the sense that he's got his uh, he's got uh, suspenders with no pants, but he's also got a scarf with no shirt, and he wears a jacket to the <laughs> ring. Um, I think he, he, he right now he dresses a little bit like when you're making a brand new WWE 2K character, but you haven't unlocked enough points to get all of your attire yet. Yeah. So, um, but that's what makes him stand out. At the end of the day what he's going to have to do is learn to take his strength and make sure that his strength outstrengths other people's strength. It's going to be strength against strength for him. It's going to be, can he hit harder than Joe Coffey? Can he slam harder than Rampage? Can he take more of a beating than Walter? Now, if I was a betting man, I don't know if I would want to take that bet, but that's what NXT UK is all about, is showing that you can step up and slap up and hang with the biggest. I know nothing about characters in professional wrestling space, but I can't root for or root against anybody who has wrestling trunks presumably so loose he needs to buy suspenders. I think he needs a charity or a GoFundMe, bro. Get it to <laughs> tight your size if you have to wear the suspenders. What? They're, they're spandex. That what? does make it sound like they're so old and worn out and dirty. <laughs> they're, they're fine. I'll just clip this off. It's cool. Just don't judge me. Oh, that, I don't know why I didn't think about that, but that does paint a horrible picture of like, yeah, dude, yeah. just get some new, just get some new tights, man. <laughs> it's like how long underwear. is it gonna? How long is it gonna be before someone snaps the uh, suspenders on? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's like you put a, a giant red glowing X on you, level one boss. <laughs> Ow, you know. Why is it that we call this out, but when people wear weightlifting belts or belts with their gear, we're like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a grandson of a plumber. It's different. Uh, <laughs> in our last match, <laughs> what we're talking about. Uh, the, the prodigy, Ben Carter, takes on Sam Gradwell. Two prospects in two different directions. One, Ben Carter has been a natural talent, one of the highest uh, free agents. And also, Sam Gradwell has pretty much found himself a space to be on this roster after his injury. The match was surprisingly entertaining. Jack Farmer, I got two questions for you. Yeah. One, uh, talk about attire. Uh, ben Carter's hire is kind of like PE shorts. No. Number one, yeah. where does Ben Carter go from here? Because now he has a win. Everyone's seen him. He's, he's basically featured a lot. And two, Sam Gravel looks like he's, he's slotting himself into being that bully around the locker room. How long can that go until he's starting to go, yeah, man, someone's going to break you in half? So it's interesting because I think the question you asked me about Ben Carter is eerily similar to the question you asked me about Shaw Samuels. I think he's great. He looks athletic. He's fast. He's, his moves are crisp. But who is he? What, what does he provide beyond being a great wrestler? Now, much like I said about Shaw Samuels, I think it's going to end up him trying to say, can my strengths outstrength your strengths or can I take advantage of your weaknesses with my strengths? That's kind of what he's relying on. I think at this point, but um, I mean, he had all positives. There's nothing negative about him, but I think he's going to need to, see, we're going to need to see, is he someone who can hang with the very, very best? Uh, Sam Gradwell was the guy for me though. I mean, he took a loss here, but man, he's becoming one of my favorite people to see. I love how he comes out and he's like, Tone down the volume. I'm going to make a speech. <laughs> yeah, I got show. things to say. <laughs> uh, and then when they were talking about him, he said when he was in Africa, the lions were so scared they turned vegan. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? That was so great. <laughs> it's so cheesy. Um, or or when he was backstage with Dragonoff, and he's like, loose cannon in the house. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love Gradwell. I love that he likes to stir the pot. I love that no matter how many L's he takes, he's still going to just 
just uh, rain on everybody's parade and be just a jerk. I think he might be one of my favorite people in NXT UK right now, just because every time he's out there, he's going to talk trash. He's like that guy at the bar that won't shut up, Flobo. He just <laughs> keeps on prodding everybody no matter what. And so anytime I see him come on, I know he's going to just make a scene and be a jerk. And I love jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of loving jerks, uh, Jeremiah asks, next week, Lena Simmons versus Zaya Brookside is going to be good. Who do you have winning? Now, I know what Jack's going to say, but yeah. Jack? Nina Samuels. She Nina Samuels is such a star, and she's always been so good to Brookside by giving her opportunities and, and jobs like carrying bags and things like that. But that's because she's the master. She's the one that understands wrestling, and she's the one star. She's the one that's going to get the win here. This is going to be one of her little baby steps on a way to a title shot herself. Brookside, I've always said she needs to toughen up. She needs to become meaner, needs to become more aggressive, needs to quit letting people tell her what to do, like Samuels, by saying, carry my bags. I think this is Nina Samuels' win, and I think it's with a bullet. Or should I say with luggage? Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm assuming she's not related to Shaw Samuels. Uh, it hasn't been established either way. But uh, even though I want Zaya Brookside to win, I do think she is ready to be elevated on that card. Uh, well, card because inside of term, my bad. Uh, I don't think card. she. I don't think she wins this time because of the of the time had elapsed between the insult and having the match two months later. <laughs> I feel like you have to reestablish that Nina Samuels was a bully. I got a feeling Nina's going to win this one there, Jeremiah, even though it would pain me to say it, because I know Jack Farmer will come back next week like, hey, I'm Jack Farmer, and I'm always right. Beep, 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 beep. 100%. I have a 100% pick rate, Flobo. It's, a, it's incredible. I'm surprised wrestlers don't come to me and ask for advice, because I've never been wrong. Not once, not a single time. <laughs> Moving on to, <laughs> to NXT USA, you might call it NXT Prime, NXT Classic. Uh, crazy things happening now with the Dusty Cups and all of that. Uh, with both tournaments are going, I'm so glad that there are two separate tournaments for both the men and women. Uh, some, some of the problems afflicting both tournaments are just having these cobbled together teams and enemies working together. But let's get this out the way. MSK had a match against Drake Maverick uh, and Killian Dane. Well, again, something has to give in the tournament environment. I'm not knocking that. MSK, in my opinion, had one of the better showings compared to their first one here in NXT. I'm starting to believe them as a cohesive unit. But Dane and Maverick were not the same <clears throat> with their feud with Everrise into that attack by Pete Dunne into what's happening after the fact. Is it over for these two after the result of this Dusty Cup Classic match? I don't think it ever started for Team Dank. I don't think they ever got the wheels rolling. I mean, but you're right. After that attack from Pete Dunne, to be fair, I don't think anyone would have been the same after that attack from Pete Dunne. These guys, they did look like, if I'm being fair, they look like they spent some time while they recovered getting to know each other a little bit better, getting on the same page. You can see they're dressing the same. They work together a little bit more. But at the end of the day, sometimes teams just don't mesh. Sometimes it just doesn't work. And... You've got a team MSK they're facing today. And look, no disrespect to MSK. I thought they were amazing. In fact, I'm very bullish on them, you could say. But I think at some point you got to look at each other and go, is this worth continuing? Is it worth us sticking together? I mean, right now, I, I, maybe it doesn't hurt because I don't know what they're doing on their own. But it, it, I think it's a bad sign when you're not making it much farther than this in a tag team tournament and you're going up against guys who are brand new to the brand. 
I just want to give a little shout out to Will Five Star that has this question. I'm gonna get out the way. Uh, he says, "I know it's nothing to do with NXT. What do you think, you guys think about the rumor of Tessa Blanchard maybe coming up, showing up on Sunday?" Uh, I want like to comment on rumors and innuendo. I am not an insider, Johan. How dare you ask? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, you know what? If it's true, it'd be fun for Tessa because look, any wrestler wants to work, and if it's a job for you to work in the wrestling crafts, the wrestling arts and sciences, cool. I'll be excited to see her just on the name alone with potential matchups, but I can't say that she has to do some kind of re rehab, maybe? Some kind of like a, a reversion of what Tessa Blanchard was for it to work in the WWE environment. Sometimes it works in the AJ Styles fashion, a lot of times it doesn't. Uh, but So I'd be delightfully surprised if that were the case. Yeah, I feel like we've been saying Tessa Blanchard's rumored to show up at to like every show that wrestling has put on yeah. for the past six months. Um, so if she if she doesn't, no big surprise. If she does, cool. I mean, she's talented in the ring. That's great to see. Um, I think sometimes with the Royal Rumble, and you know this is my thing at this point, Flo, but this is almost my shtick at this point. Everyone always thinks the Royal Rumble is to build some brand new star that's going to show up and shock the world, but that's never how it works. That's never how it happens. So if she shows up, and if you want her to show up, be excited she showed up, but don't expect her to win the whole thing. I mean, there's people who have been in the WWE for years that know how the Royal Rumble works, knows how to take advantage of it. No one like don't ex don't go into it with the expectations that someone's going to show up out of the blue and win the whole thing. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, fair enough. My girl Jessica Mayo, bro, she is in the match. She's tagged him with the Leah Robert Stone brand. In a Dusty Club Classic match. So glad to see Jesse. How you doing, girl? Uh, with a match against Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez. The result to me was a little surprising because <laughs> I know, I know you're laughing. I know, I know you're laughing out there because on paper and in, in practice, really, uh, Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez destroyed them. But I thought they were going to break up. I really thought that Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez was going to break up after last night because both women are kind of in their own holding patterns. But needless to say, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, move on. Are they now the favorites to win this tournament? I think, well, yeah, I don't know where your surprise came from. <laughs> shocked, oh, Jack. But, I was shocked. With no disrespect, by the way, to the Robert Stone brand. It's just yeah. when you look, Raquel Gonzalez could win this tournament on her own. If Dakota Kai was like, look, I want to take some time off, Raquel Gonzalez would still win. I think she's the powerhouse. I think you never, ever, ever bet against Raquel Gonzalez. She's the strongest, most powerful female wrestler in the WWE right now, I would say. And I am including even Anaya Jackson there. I think Raquel Gonzalez mm -hmm. is the strongest in the WWE. And I think she could win this whole thing on her own. I think she's a super talent. And I think that as long as you have her on your side, you're going to win this tournament. And Dakota Kai... I think she's no slouch either. I think she's doing the best work she's ever done. This is the best she's ever been. These two are definitely the favorites, and I think they're going to win the whole thing. I think Raquel Gonzalez is top five. I think she's. I don't think she's the strongest. Well, we agree she's at top five. But yeah, but I'm. She's also top, top three. I don't. Mm, also top one. Three is pushing because once you add in Rhea and Bianca, like that's like at least three. And then I'll, I'll even put in Mercedes Martinez above Raquel Gonzalez. That's no, I so it. look, look, I said it. But Raquel Gonzalez already outpowered Rhea Ripley. And I get what you're saying. Bianca's the one person I'll take pause with. But I think they're different types of power here. What? You know what I mean? I think it's different types <laughs> Electric of Electric versus fire? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I think, like, if you're in a weight room and you're saying, who can do more reps of this 100-pound barbell or whatever, 
I think Bianca. that's where Bian- Bianca is going to win it. But I think if you're like, who can pull this uh, truck faster? I think that's the Raquel Gonzalez. Did I think you not she's got see SmackDown Friday. The ru- <laughs> oh, I'm so, so yeah. I, I I agree that Bianca could probably play basketball better than Raquel Gonzalez. I'm not saying that it's by a mile. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that Bianca Belair isn't strong. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if you're ranking them. I think Raquel Gonzalez is the strongest in the in the company. I think if, if I think if you go to pure raw strength, you go Raquel Gonzalez. Now I think if you were having it like a, 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 a CrossFit competition, I think Bianca would win those. You just somehow missed the part where she put Otis on her shoulder like he was nothing, right? That's the part you're just totally skipping over. I didn't know. Like I said, I'm not just skipping over that. I think that was incredible. Again, we're talking we're talking about the two strongest women in pro wrestling. Of course, I, she's up there. I'm not saying she's nobody. I'm just saying that when push comes to shove, the one doing the shoving is Raquel. Fine. Elliot Fletcher says, that match was the best Aaliyah's ever looked in the ring. I'm inclined to agree. Now, Aaliyah, if you guys have watched our predecessor shows, we've talked at, at nauseum about the fact of Aaliyah's tenure in NXT. She's been in that system for like six or seven years. And so there were times where we thought week in, week out, maybe she wasn't going to do it. Maybe she as as hard she's going to go. But what I saw this week, compared to a lot, what a lot of promotions are doing, what a lot of rosters are doing, Aaliyah deserves a spot, a ticket to the dance. Whether or not she'll be the top of any kind of Raw or SmackDown kind of thing, hard to say. But she definitely was the veteran on that team. Um, she definitely led the pace on that team. And, and they should be proud, Robert Stonebrand, producers or whatever, of how far Aaliyah's come in, what, nine months? Like, the quarantine mm-hmm. is pff, shot her through the roof. Yeah, she's really... Aaliyah's been really great the past nine months, and I think a lot of that has to do with Robert Stonebrand. I think Robert Stonebrand deserves a sneaky shot at manager of the year in the WWE. And before everyone gets crabby at me in the comments, it's one thing to go ahead and say, hey, I'm Roman Reigns' manager, the guy who's already been a universal world champion, the guy who's already dominating Royal Rumbles and dominating pay-per-views, be his manager and say, I'm an amazing manager. That's one thing. But to take someone who's been struggling in a developmental situation for years and then within nine months to get her to have the best match she's ever had in her life, to get her on TV and to build her up, that takes real management skills. And I think Robert Stonebrand should be very proud of his team, whether or not they won or lost last week or uh, yesterday or the other day. That is whatever. Time is time's a construct. We have a, it's a flat circle, man. <laughs> but um, I think Robert Stone brand should be absolutely looked at as manager of the year because it's not necessarily about like it's not necessarily about wins and losses all the time. Like I said, Roman Reigns would be dominating regardless of whether or not Paul Heyman was with him. I think Tyler, Tyler Russ would still be doing great whether or not Malcolm Bivens was with him. I think what Robert Stone brand has done has elevated. And I'm not, that's not a shot against the women he's working with. I think that they had potential. He found it and he raised them up. And that's why I think he could be manager of the year. I think he deserves way more credit than a lot of people give him with their disrespectful photos of him looking disheveled. Uh, <laughs> even though I disagree with you on the Roman Reigns, Paul Hammond point, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, granted, his, his roster has been pretty much fluid. We don't know where Chelsea Green is as far as inside 
inside storylines where Chelsea Green is and Mercedes Martinez is apparently doing her own thing again. But you, when you do work with Robert Stone, you at least get featured. You get featured week in and week out. So uh, just real quick, Dylan Matthews says, Bianca Belair, Raquel Gonzalez in a strong woman competition would happen when Gonzalez is quote-unquote promoted. It's going mm. to happen. I agree. I, so. I totally agree. Yes, I, I know Chelsea Green has injured Jeremiah, but I mean in the construct of this, because Chelsea Green had quit Robert Stonebrand and it hadn't appeared, it hasn't explained where she was. That's what I was saying. But yeah, we all know outside the ropes what's going on with Chelsea Green. Uh, moving on uh, with more tag team action, uh, we had Leon Ruff and my boy Kushida against Grizzled Young Veterans. Yeah. In a match where, you know what, Jack? I'm going to buy myself a GYV scarf because these guys are the new number one pick, in my opinion, <clears throat> in this whole Dusty Cup classic. These guys are a unit. I still don't know if James Gray can talk on his own <laughs> or at all. Doesn't but Zach, yeah, Zach Gibson has just been so great on that stick. Your thoughts? Yeah, they were my pick to win the whole thing this year. I think they're going to win it. I think that the only reason we're not saying Grizzled Young Veterans are the best tag team of 2020 is because of the world shutting down. If it weren't for that, they were on a path to be the 2020 best tag team of the year. Because of that, guess what, folks? We get Grizzled Young Veterans as the best tag team of 2021. They are the greatest tag team. They've got the mic skills. They've got the toughness. They've got the moves. They've got everything you want. They are a perfect package. This is their world now. We're just living in it. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about your guys, Leon Ruff and Kushida. I thought that My this, guy. I'm a Kushida guy. I thought you were a Leon Ruff guy. He's not mistaken. Um, no. I was going to say, Leon Ruff, I have to give him credit. I like that he's found a place for himself here. I think a lot of people thought, myself included, that he was going to be kind of a one-trick pony. He was going to have a fluke win that put him in the spotlight, and then he was going to disappear off into the sunset. But he's found a place for himself. I like him as a tag team wrestler. I don't know what the future holds for this team, but I like seeing Leon Ruff as a tag team wrestler. I think it works for him because he's such a change of pace person and such a change of pace uh, personality in that ring, regardless of who you're with. It makes it hard to face him and someone else at the same time. That said, Kushida... I think it's his fault they didn't win this match. I think he knows that he has singles gold on the horizon and he was distracted fair, fair, fair. and he let that happen and get in his way. I think if he wasn't focused on something else, they may have got a win here tonight. So I blame your boy Kashida. Before I totally make fun of you for making fun of me, uh, Dylan Matthews says GYV are a shoo-in to win. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, back in the day, uh, when they had fans, people used to take off their shoes. <laughs> and, and put them over their heads. If you hate Zach, get and take his shoe off. And that was pretty a thing. Uh, yeah, so I, I actually agree with you, Jack. Uh, here is something I thought was pretty surprising. It did seem that Kushida was distracted uh, because the man he beat not once but twice, Johnny Gargano, gets involved in the matchup. That's fine you. with me. We're splitting hairs, right? No. Uh, which is fine, because I do think Kushida needs to be in that North American title division for the sake of his own longevity. Uh, the Gargano way needs someone that looks like can, can easily beat him, uh, but in a way where it could be convinced that Gar Gargano get a, gets a win if he does, and I think that's great. And you have Dexter Loomis shifting over uh, back to Austin Theory. So like, I thought the segment was great, hit a lot of points and story beats at once, and uh, it's a shame that they haven't gone farther in the tournament, but GYV, these guys are on fire. 
I gotta, I gotta say, I know it's a little bit of a bit, Flobo. I know we, we, we do a little thing here, but uh, Dexter Loomis twice actually legitimately startled me on this episode uh, during the during the interview um, where he just popped through the curtains and then was suddenly behind Austin Theory later. I loved it. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it, but I don't like the fact that Mackenzie messed it up and then you messed it up and you keep talking about the man whose name starts with K and a certain win-loss record against Johnny Wrestling. I don't like that you keep bringing that up. I don't like that you said it. I think you owe Johnny Gargano an apology. When it comes to Kushida, Johnny Gargano is a loser. He lost two in a row. You got a minute. I don't care. I can't make concessions because for a while I have to say I don't like wheels and I like wheels again. Win-loss records are win-loss records, Jack Farmer. If it was a wheel, then we would come back to the beginning before the loss has occurred. I think that logically that makes sense. You shouldn't talk Wheels about it. Logical, it's, rude. Yes. it's rude. It's against the way, and you shouldn't be doing it. I wish I got going to do trials me to a match. I can't fly to Florida. You know how these restrictions are. I'm not scared of you. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not going there. I would love to, but, you know, I'm just, you know. You and me are both using the same reasons for not facing off against the people we call out on these shows. Walter! The Jack is like, Walter, my buddy Flo will take a chop of you so hard. <laughs> Jack, come back! Uh, if, if you can chop through Flobo, then I'll consider going out there to have a match. Uh, speaking of Walter, man, there was a quick promo about Imperium. Uh, it looked like... Uh, it was kind of going to be interpreted different ways. We're not sure if Walter's going to be joining the boys of Florida, if he's going to be joining the Royal Rumble, will, will Imperium go back to NXT UK? But Alex Wolf says, my arrival is the beginning. What does that mean to you? I think that uh, I think that Imperium is coming stateside. I said it before. I said it last week. I think Imperium's weakness has been that they were divided. I think they said it specifically. They were divided. Now they're coming together. And once they come together, when they come stateside, every single brand is going to be in trouble. As Wolf says, it's just the beginning. If you're not on Team Imperium now, you better be because they are taking over. And I'm not saying it in some late 90s way. I'm saying it in a very militaristic way. Imperium is coming and they are taking what they want and they're going to make everyone respect the ring. Quick question. If Imperium does come back, what has to change for them to, to be fresh? We see that the logo got updated. It looks like the Marvel logo now, but what do they have to do to make this version of Imperium whole, different, exciting once more? I think they need to grow. I think they need to recruit. I think there's a lot of wrestlers who respect the ring, who do a great They're job. They're not going to hire you, Jack. Stop campaigning. I think what they need is a Southern California guy with a microphone to join their team, to respect the ring with them. I think I would look fantastic in one of those jumpsuits. You're from Seattle. I think... <laughs> What are you doing? I think I would fit in right there with them. I'd be like, hey, chums, don't we respect the ring together? And they'd be like, we sure do, Jack. And then when people like you talk back to me, Walter would slap you and you'd say, I'm sorry, Jack. And I'd say, mm-hmm. Well, Black Reddit says, I agree with Jack, so I'm going to ban him after this episode. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not do Jordan Imperium? That will be fun. Is you in the back, like, hey, guys, can you feed me? Hi, me. Hey, hey, fellas, we're together. I they're respect like, the ring. <laughs> they're like, Jack, you got to put on the wrestling trunks. I'm like, my legs don't look nice. <laughs> you have suspenders, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Summed up. Uh, real quick, my guy, all the way from Black Forest, South Australia, the colossal Bronson Reed, had a match against Swerve. Anyway, uh, rubber match in the series, and for some reason, the second time this week, somebody <clears throat> kicked out of a 450 splash. Okay, uh, Bronson Reed right. picks up the win. A lot of things are, are on the horizon for Bronson. You know, I'm a Bronson Reed guy. Just your thoughts about the match and this new version of Isaiah Swerve Scott. So, first off, regarding the 450 splash, I'm going to sound like one of those old fuddy-duddy wrestling fans that that always complain about wrestling today. I remember seeing a 450 splash. I remember Juventud Guerrero used to do them in WCW. (laughs) And I would say to myself, I can't imagine a top rope move being more impressive than that. (laughs) And now now you're right. I got kicked out of twice in one (laughs) week. Um, So... There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, to Guerrero. Finally, the juice has come back to L.A. Where Miami? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> the juice. Uh, uh, to Underrated. But so two things. One, I agree. Bronson Reed's a star. I love him. He's colossal. He's great. I love his foot stomp. I love his music, by the way. Loki. Born ready. I'm battle tested. So great. I even love the uh, the way the, the entrance works with the video and then fading into his face. I think it's great. Um, I think he hits fast. He hits hard. That top rope splash looks brutal. But I want to talk about your favorite wrestler, Swerve. Swerve, Swerve is silently becoming quite the kingmaker, Flobo, because when you look at his past rivalries – the people I look at, Santos Escobar, Jake Atlas, and now Bronson Reed. If you follow the career of Swerve, you will see that along the path is a long line of future stars. I think that he is very underrated as a guy that is helping to make the next generation of great wrestlers stand out. That sounds like a fancy way of saying he's a big jobber to the stars, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what this- that means. Oh, yeah, it's this thing I learned, read about um, from Dave Meltzer. He's, uh, no, okay, so here's the deal, though. He's now not the happy-go-lucky guy. He isn't the swerve his confidence guy. He's the, uh, hey, McKenzie, point at me. Hey, isn't that three fingers pointing to you? Promo of the night. It's, it wasn't. It wasn't. So what does that mean? What does this new version of swerve mean when it comes to the, the, the roster? I I think the truth is it's time for him to move on beyond Bronson Reed. I think it's time for him to go find something else. You know what I always recommend in these cases, Flobo. I think it's time for him to find someone he can start lining up some wins against. I don't know, maybe Kurt Stallion, someone like that, that he can have some matches with that are going to be fast and exciting, but that he kind of outranks, if you know what I mean. So I thought about Kurt Stallion. This guy was featured, had a match advertised, but it was pulled before the episode started. And when it was aired, he got beat up backstage. He was like, oh my gosh, my opponent did it. <laughs> so it was Escobar's being like, not me, bro. So here's the deal. Kurt Stallion is new to the people who watch only NXT only. 205 Live is already an established star. Had a match against Santo Escobar, one of the two Cruiserweight champions. In my opinion, the interim Cruiserweight champion. What happens here when they finally meet in the ring? Does Kurt Stallion become Cruiserweight champion to establish him to a new audience? Does Santos Escobar exert his dominance over a relative newcomer? I mean, I think there's a lot of ways this story can go. I thought the best thing about Kurt Stallion, I love, I love when wrestlers reference history. I love when they look back at the greats of the past and sort of use some of what they did. And the fact that he did the Eddie Guerrero thing where he pretended to be attacked and then blamed it on someone else so that he didn't have to have a match. 
I thought that was so cool. I thought that was such did, a cool move not, to yeah, pretend that he was attacked so that he didn't have to deal with losing straight up to Santos Escobar, who, by the way, the true cruiserweight champion and the guy that's really brought a lot to that division. I love Santos Escobar, by the way. I know you're a big Santos Escobar fan, but really, did he make that up? I mean, he was uh, he says he was innocent, but the only people that can vouch for him are his buddies. And unlike yeah. you, most buddies vouch for their friends. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, what you're saying is one guy has two witnesses, the other guy has none, and you're picking the guy with no witnesses. Flobo, there was a crowd of people. They, they didn't see anything. They were like, "Oh, what happened?" We no one. Oh, you were attacked. No one was around in this busy place where a production is happening. No one saw this. What were you doing, hanging out by yourself? Oh, that's right, pretending to get hit. I didn't see any bruises. I didn't see any blood anywhere. I think it was phony. I think he's ducking Santos Escobar because he knows he has no chance against him. Santos Escobar, the, one of the best cruiserweight champions ever, the true cruiserweight champion. And I love that little spot where they found that little card and they were like, don't give me that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. What does uh, that mean, you think? I think long term, I, I what I'm excited about, what I hope happens, is that Santos Escobar starts challenging heavier guys. I think much like what's happening in other parts of the world, he's cleared out the division. It's time for him to find I'm, new opponents, and it's time for him to get against heavier people. Because as the true cruiserweight champion, he's beaten everyone else in that division. He's not a cruiserweight champion, but I meant the card. What does the card mean to you? Well, the card is carrying cross. Is it? Or it's uh, Scarlet just by herself, maybe uh, <laughs> giving her number. Maybe that's how she gives out her number. <laughs> Fallen Prey, area code 323. <laughs> We're getting canceled. We're getting canceled. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, before I get to the main event, this is the segment I really wanted to talk to you about before I even get to even that. The Tony Storm, Eo Shirai, Mercedes Martinez dust up, fisticuff, right? So on mm -hmm. Twitter, when it happened, there was a big question mark about the women's division at the top, what that means for the uh, NXT Women's Championship. But it looks like Eo Shirai has not one, but two opponents, former tag team partners, and Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. It, I thought it was genius, but I want your opinion. Someone who's been very in, ingrained to the women's wrestling and women's wrestling being built in different promotions. Was mm -hmm. this a clever way to build up a top half of the division, or was it a rush job? Um, I think that is, it, it can be both. I don't think it has to be one or the other. I think it happened quickly, so I, I would say it was rushed in that regard. But I, both, I think both these challengers are two people who should be in the title picture. I'm guessing here, I'm projecting here, I don't have any information or things like that. For me, Tony Storm feels like a Raw slash SmackDown performer. She just looks it, she feels it. If I was a betting person, I would say she's not long for NXT, and I would say that she's probably going to find herself uh, on, on Raw or SmackDown very soon, one way or the other. She just looks the part, you know what I mean? Like She just yeah. feels like that's where she belongs. Um, and I think that's what's going to happen for her very soon. Uh, Mercedes Martinez, I think she she's, as you mentioned, she's one of the strongest women in, in wrestling. I think she's tough. I think she's got everything you want in someone who's challenging for that title, so sh she should be going for it. The way she was slamming people around today, I think she earns that spot. And like Beth Phoenix said on commentary, though, Io Shirai, when her music hits, when she comes out, the mood changes. She's yeah. She is... I, yeah. For my money, female wrestler right now, no one stands toe-to-toe -to -toe with her. I think Io Shirai is the person. 
Yeah, you know, she is the person, and I think she deserves a longer run. The lack of competition, the lack of matches, that's hurt her legacy. Not sure if she's going to retain throughout this uh, eventual matchup, but yeah, there's no doubt in my mind she is top tier. S level, if you're that kind of person that does yeah. ranking things. Just not too much to talk about here. It's real quick. Thoughts about the match. Uh, Tala Russ, Spider Rios. Uh, I don't know. Just 1 to 5, 1, one to 10 stars. I don't know how you rate these things. Can I ask real quick what. I understand tier S is the top, but why is tier S the top as opposed to A? I've never understood that. Because I think it comes with video games. Like when in yeah. like Dance Dance Revolution, it's like, it, it's special. special. So it's, it sounds like you're above, you're above the ranking. You're that good. It's I like see. stratosphere kind of thing. I see. Okay. I gotcha. So, okay. Anyways, uh, Tyler Rust with Malcolm Bivens. Um, I think Malcolm Bivens did exactly what I've always said. I think he said, look, Rust, you tried to do what you thought was best. You tried to get your own matches. You lost. Let me show you how it's done. You got to get a little momentum. You got to get some wins. And that's exactly what happened today. Now, um, I would say Rust struggled a little bit here. Rust mm -hmm. should have should have gotten quite a bit quicker of a win, I thought. And I know that I'm usually the guy that says it doesn't necessarily matter how quick the wins happen, but. This was a match against a guy who didn't really even have an introduction. This should have been a quick match or at least a showcase of what Rust can do. So I was a little surprised that Rust didn't put him away as quick as I thought he was going to. Um, I don't know if that is if this is just kind of a um, early on sort of getting his feet wet here at NXT still or if it's uh, kind of something to be worried about if you're Malcolm Bivens and, and that's your client. It's just funny you mentioned that because I, I like to think of it like a video game. I was like, imagine if I started WWE 2K22 as a manager, and as a rookie manager, there's only a certain level of talent I can pick. I would definitely pick the hard body rookie who makes dumb decisions in the, in the ring. Like to me, that's why I can sell it in my brain. But you're right, for a guy who's supposed to be a blue chipper, it really he was struggling. But a guy half his size, it was kind mm -hmm. of hard to see. Yeah, I mean, again, it's too early for me to buy or sell stock in Tyler Rust in the ring at this point. Um, and look, he won. I liked what he was doing. I just, you know, when when you're at that level, when you're at the NXT level and you're facing, uh, as I call them, an unranked opponent, you expect it to be done pretty cleanly. And and um, I, I felt like uh, he he took he took some hits that maybe someone who was also in his position wouldn't have taken if they were facing an opponent like that. Yeah, for sure. And our main event here, we had the Prince Finn Balor looking like as as dejected as going to a corporate after hours party with Kyle O'Reilly, <laughs> I guess the new head of the snake against uh, Birch and Lorcan that, that came up with their old music. The Pat McAfee brand music is in the trash. So many implications there. In a classic, O'Reilly gets the pin. You know what? This match right here will probably make Jim Cornette's head explode because here is two guys that basically killed each other in a ring twice are working together in a main event against a maybe a mid or top mid tag team. But I loved it anyway. Flaws and all. Jack Farmer, thoughts about the match and the implications of Fallout? I thought it was fun. It was great. It was what you're looking for. Um, I think the standout to me was uh, Lorican. Lorican, man, he is bulking up. He's getting bigger. You can tell he does not want to go back to 205 Live, and he is putting on some weight to make sure that he doesn't. It's like a that, war. I ain't going back. That never goes back. No, he's uh, he, but he is. He's looking big. He's looking strong. He's looking great. Um, I think not having McAfee anymore at ringside was something that, and I agree with Dylan, by the way, in the chat, 
Pat McAfee not only is going to win, he should win. I think it's the right thing. He's the biggest star in all of WWE. You can't, no, uh, you can't do that. He is. He's the biggest no, star in no, all of I'm WWE. Not, no, I, no, and I, I say mean, WWE. Stop, I mean, stop, all stop, brands, stop, all nations, stop, superstar stop, spectacle, even there, he's the biggest. He's not even on that show. Listen, you can't sit there and be like, oh, Royal Rumble is where established stars go to WrestleMania. And Pat McAfee rolls in and defeats 29 professional full-time wrestlers to get a ticket to WrestleMania? Um, I don't know what was contradicting there. Established star wins yes. Royal Rumble. Pat Stop. McAfee equals established star winning the Royal Rumble. You don't like me. You do this because you hate me. Because it makes no sense. It, it, wrestling would implode if Pat McAfee is going to WrestleMania. It doesn't make sense. It, it makes doesn't. dollars. It makes lots of money. That would sell so big. Could you imagine Pat McAfee versus Drew McIntyre? Pat yes. McAfee versus Roman Reigns? Pat sure. McAfee versus Goldberg. I mean, these are the biggest titans of the industry. I want to see it happen. I couldn't um, imagine how great it would be. Pat McAfee pointing up at the WrestleMania sign at the end of the show with fireworks raining down. It'd be a beautiful sight. It'd be a beautiful sight. Um, but, you know, unfortunately for us fans, McAfee, he likes to give back. He likes to help others, and that's why he was devoting time to guys like Lorican and Birch and um, making them be as successful as they have been. Um, you could tell they were missing McAfee on ringside um, on NXT this week. You could tell that without him there, they struggled a bit. I think the story here is, though, Flobo, at the end of the match, they're beating up, they're beating up Finn Balor. They're beating up Kyle O'Reilly. And they're out there for a minute beating people down before Adam Cole shows up. Before Adam Cole shows up, I think Adam Cole wanted to let his guy sit out there and take a beating before coming out. I think that was a subtle message to his guys saying, listen, I'm the guy that runs this show. And if you want to go out on your own and if you want to go hang out with the champ and if you want to go do your own thing, guess what? I'm going to leave you high and dry. You come to save me. I don't come to save you. That's what Adam Cole was saying. That was the message at the end of the night. Maybe Adam Cole is in catering. Maybe he had to poop. Maybe someone asked for an autograph. We don't know that. You know? <laughs> Maybe I, did, I, I wish there was a camera backstage with Roderick Starr. I'm like knocking on the door like, hey, man, I don't mean to rush you, but uh, we got to go. <laughs> A, I had catering. Yeah. I'm taking a dump, man. No, it's it's kind of a, we gotta hurry. <laughs> uh, so, to little Matthews put a to whole button on this Pat McAfee thing. For those of you just joined in, like Adam Gazi, what's up, man? Dylan Matthews wants Pat to win the Royal Rumble. Why can't McAfee win? And I'll tell you why, Dylan Matthews. I'm not denying Pat McAfee is a brand. I'm not denying he's one of the more influential people in the sport and podcasting space. I'm not denying that even though he lost both of his matches, that he has impressed in each and every outing. But if Pat McAfee, and I can't believe I'm entertaining this, but if Pat McAfee goes to the Royal Rumble, arguably the second or third, in my case, the third biggest night of the year, and wins the entire event, it would absolutely break wrestling. And it's not even wrestling's fault. Because outside of this, in the great sport of a football or American football, we don't think highly of kickers. So now we have a kicker 
breeding 25 to 30 other people in a match. It makes everyone look weak. We go back to when Mark Merrow got powerbombed by Sable and how Sunko picked up the phone and told Vince, who am I facing next week because I'm not facing Mark Merrow? That's an issue. Brock Lesnar is different because he played a field position. He was a monster. He was a house. Stephen Amell and Snooki, they were inside matches. But if Pat McAfee main events WrestleMania, I cannot believe in Mania ever again. Jack Farmer, I see you shake your head at me. I see the disgust in your eyes. Continue. How am I wrong this time? You're only right in one situation, Flobo, and it's close. It's a 50-50 coin flip. I know we're going here. And that is if all 29 other competitors at one moment gang up on Pat McAfee to get him out of the ring, then they stand a chance. If they can make it so all 29 are in the ring at the same time and they all gang up on him just like they do on Big Show, just like they do on Giants, Giants like Pat McAfee, that is the single only way they can make this happen. And they need to do a coordinated effort with a lot of strategy, maybe call Eddie Dennis to make it happen. But Eddie Dennis probably doesn't want any part of that because Pat McAfee is that good. He's that talented. And you talk about kickers. That foot alone could win this thing. Swung with the might of Pat McAfee. He could kick all 29 of them over the top rope because that's what he does for a living. That's what he did for a living. Flobo, you can doubt all you want. I, he's had doubters his whole life, but look at where he's at. Look at what he's doing. Pat McAfee, I believe in you because I know talent. I know stars. And I know just like when people who bet against Tom Brady over and over and over and over again, I know eventually you got to admit it. He's the guy. He's the best. He should win the Royal Rumble. The only thing that realistically is going to stop him is he's not going to enter. I want people listening now to know that today, January 28th, 2021, Jack Farmer compared Pat McAfee to Tom Brady, and he is only being serious about it. Dylan Matthews in the final note says, if I was in the ring with Pat McAfee, I would just eliminate myself. I would have said a chance. He's that good. Oh, the Drew mm -hmm. Carey and Kane directive. I understand that one. Yeah. Uh, but, That's a smart move. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Dylan. <laughs> we got to go. Uh, and now it's time for the MVP of NXT. That's the one person attacked him and made it happen above everyone else on both brands. With one Jack Farmer, who's your pick for the MVP of NXT? Pat McAfee. No, he's uh... not even. <laughs> you got me good. I swear to you, I'd have been so mad. <laughs> You're like Pat McAfee. <laughs> uh, you know what? You're going to hate this pick. I don't care. Sam Gradwell. He had me laughing. I love the effort he put in. I love the fighting he's put in. He is shredded. He looks great. And every time he sees someone, I don't think he even cares what his match setup looks like at any given time. He'll just pick a fight with anyone at any time. I like Sam Gradwell. Probably my favorite guy in NXT UK right now. I want to see more of him on the mic. I want to see more of him in the ring. And I want to see him poking the bear more and more every week. I'm also taking from UX UK. My pick is Nigel McGuinness. This guy knows when to be funny, when to be serious, when to put over the dangers of a move, when to root for the bad guy, like Jack Farmer does, apparently. Uh, always entertaining, but him and Andy Shepard have just been so great together. Uh, maybe one of the great things of having Nigel in UK that certain time during the, during the pandemic. That's my pick with the bullet, Nigel McGuinness. Uh, mm -hmm. Before I get so mad at the whole Pat McAfee thing, uh, Jack, where are the girl in the world find you online, and how can they keep up with you? 
Yeah, you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Also, starting this weekend, I'm going to be hosted the United Wrestling Network's Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, presented by Car Shield. You can check it out on KDOC. Check your local listings for uh, times and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be hosting. We got a ton of great matches on there, and I'm excited to be able to share them with you guys. Tons of really big, globally known talent. You guys are going to love it. Here's a question. Do you DVR yourself then? Do you like watch yourself and go, ha ha, it's me on TV? <laughs> uh, well, you know me well enough to know the truth is I'll probably DVR myself, watch it, and bite my fingernails the whole time and shake my head. Yeah. Uh, but and, uh, and yeah. post about it. Wow, what an amazing event. <laughs> <laughs> so blessed. <laughs> Hashtag <life>. blessed. <laughs> yes, do you something a favor. You got to watch Jack Farmer. I think they have a digital partner. We'll probably uh, uh, put it on social media so you can check out Jack Farmer and support him and tell uh, the people at the UWN why they should uh, double his salary already because he's just that dang good. Um, mm-hmm. It's your boy Flo This is Draped in Gold. Learn more about the show at drapedingold.com. And uh, you can follow me at Flo Boys. Uh, this week, I sat down with Bellator MMA fighter Janae Harden and asked her about what it meant to decide to make fighting her actual pursuit in life. A very cool interview. New Amp Sam Radio is a podcast I host. Please check that out right here on YouTube and on whatever you stream your podcast. And I think we have the Everything Tournament next week. We're on hiatus this week. Next week, Jack and I and Evan Mack and Heidi Mack will get together and talk about things in pop culture, the biggest badasses, not named Pat McAfee, in the world. It's going to be a good time. But until next time, Jack, say the words. Do your best and be yourself.